Thank you for listening to the First Christian Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. Here you will be able to listen to all of our Sunday morning sermons. Be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss a sermon. Enjoy today's message. Did you know that there were two ships that responded to the Titanic sinking? One ship's name was the ship Californian, and they were only 20 miles away. But the Californian went into maintenance mode about 10 minutes before the Titanic released its SOS after hitting that iceberg that night. The Californian saw rockets and noise and sound from that 20 miles away, but they did not do anything because they could not imagine the Titanic sinking. They were in maintenance mode. But the Carpathian, which was 58 miles away, As soon as they heard the radio message, because their radio was on, responded immediately and went full speed throughout that iceberg-filled area of the ocean and responded and saved 705 souls that were in those rescue boats. The difference was the Californian was in maintenance mode. The Carpathian was in mission mode. My question for you this morning is, are you in maintenance mode or are you in mission mode? Because if you're a Christian, if you're a believer in God, you were made for a mission. You were made for a mission. There is a point, there is a purpose to our lives, if you're a follower of Jesus. In John 17, 18, Jesus said this, As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. We are the them that have been sent into the world. In the message, it says, In the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. And you have both a custom mission and you have a common mission that you share with everybody else. Now, if you're joining us today for the first time, if you're joining us online today, hey, we're great, we're grateful that you are here with us. We are not normally countryfied in this service. In fact, at first service, I had a chicken sitting up here next to me. You missed it. But if you're joining us online today, we are in the final sermon on what on earth am I created for? And if you'll remember, we were created on purpose to worship God, to know and love Him. We, we, we are, are made and, and formed to be in God's family. And so if you're joining us online and you're enjoying your coffee and your bagel or your, your dry toast and jam today, we're glad you're with us, but you're missing out on being in a room and experiencing the Spirit of God in this way and singing along and worshiping God. And so we'd invite you to do that anytime you can. And if you'll remember, we are created in the image of God, that we are to live out the character and the likeness of God. And last week we talked about being shaped for service, that everyone has a shape 
and you need to be serving God. You need a ministry, you need to be involved in some way doing what God has called you to do. And today, the final message in this series is made for a mission. Jesus goes on and says, John 20, 21, he says this, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. You are on a mission in your life. Whether you're in maintenance or if you're on mission. In Acts 20, 24, the gospel writer Luke, we believe, wrote this, But I do not account my life for any value, nor as precious to myself. Paul is saying this as Luke records it. If only I may finish the course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of, of the grace of God. That's our role, to testify of the gospel of grace. Now, back in the day, in the, in the evangelism era, when we could faithfully go door to door and people already had a belief in, in God and trusted the church, we'd, we'd ask things like, if you were to die today, do you know where you would spend eternity? Well, today, that's kind of heavy-handed, so to say. It's still true, but I wouldn't lead with that. I would just share what God has done for me. Here's how I've been blessed. Here is what I've been grateful for. There's not a circumstance. It's not an accident. God has been faithful, and he is blessed, and I just want to share what God has done in my life. That is a faithful witness. You see, the most important thing is that I complete my mission as you complete your mission, the work the Lord Jesus gave me to tell people the good news about God's grace. And God has been gracious. So our fifth purpose, being made to be on mission, is to share the good news. And the good news is really, really good. And every one of you should have experienced the good news that the gospel is true that the Lord Jesus Christ has changed us because he sacrificed for us. And the term that we use, the theological term we use, is evangelism. That we should evangelize everyone around us because we are witnessing the good news of what God has done through Jesus Christ for us. The old rugged cross that we sang just a moment ago is all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus commissioned us in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Every one of us have a story and a witness. And guess what? There is no plan B. That is the only way the gospel is going to be carried. Jesus healed a man that was filled with a legion of demons. And he delivered him, and he cast the demons out into the swine. Remember the hogs, and they ran over a hill and they killed themselves. But the man wanted to hang with Jesus and be one of his twelve. And Jesus denied him. And in Luke chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, the man from whom the demons had gone, had gone, begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. 
Now, some of you might work with some demon-possessed people. And they're just waiting to hear the gospel from you. And wouldn't it be a miracle if God came into their life, they knew the transforming power of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they were changed. And they could give testimony because you know what? Some of those folks have a powerful testimony because people say, well, if God can do that to them, he surely can work with me. We know people like that. I guess the question then becomes in my heart is why don't we do this more? Why don't we focus on the mission of what God's called us to? I believe it's because we believe the myth that people aren't interested in spiritual issues. But you know, there's a large percentage of people, I think it's almost up to 50% of the people would come to church and be a part of the family of God if we would just invite them. We would say, hey, I like my church. God has been good to me. You might like it too. And just open up a conversation. This is what I learned about God that has transformed my life. And it might help you. Why in the world should we do that? I believe, like I've talked to some folks that were, were not able to come to church, that were in a nursing home or in assisted living situation, and they say, Chris, why am I still alive? I'm ready to go home to be with the Lord. I believe there's still purpose in their lives as well as in your life because it's the reason that our hearts are still beating because there's still a mission to do in your life and in my life. Now, I don't know if you realize this or not, but there are two things you can't do in heaven. Two things. You you think that you can do anything in heaven, don't you? Two things you can't do. Number one, you can't sin. That will no longer be a part of our lives. And number two is you're you're not going to be able to tell people the good news about God's love because we're already there. That's two things we can't do. The Apostle Peter writes it this way in 2 Peter 3, verse 9. He says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but all should reach repentance. See, God doesn't want anyone to be lost, but he wants all people to change their hearts and their lives. There was a young man, there's a young man that was working in McDonald's, and and a missionary professor, renowned missionary, came into that McDonald's, and he recognized the young man. He had just graduated from Harvard with a master's degree. And so the missionary professor said, what are you doing here? And the young man, whose name was Peter, he said, well, you know, I graduated from Harvard, and it was during the last recession, and there weren't any jobs to be had. And so he said the bills were adding up, and I needed, he needed to do something to, to pay the bills. And so he was working at McDonald's. And, and the professor said, well, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. And he said, don't be sorry. I work with a Muslim from Lebanon. I work with a Buddhist from Sri Lanka. 
I work with, I work with a Hindu from India, and plus I have a Christian bro- brother from El Salvador, and I'm getting to share the gospel worldwide in a McDonald's while I ask, will you take fries with that? He saw life from a different perspective. And I know some of you are kind of cynical toward the church. and Maybe you're just kind of wrestling with your faith and you're thinking, Chris, you're just trying to bolster numbers for our church. And isn't our church big enough? Well, that's a good question, but it's not about numbers. But every number is a person and every person has a soul. And it is about souls, and it's about people knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and where they're going to spend eternity, and and how life is better with hope and with a point and a purpose and a mission in life. And there's a radical difference because of Jesus' transformation process in us. And here's the deal. If, if you want God's legacy and God's blessing on your life, you must care about what God cares about most. And, and do you know what God cares about more than anything else? It's people. And like I've said before and I'll say again, the only thing you are going to take into eternity is the people that know the Lord around us. And so, I must share with those in my world. My neighbor, my coworker, my family, my children, my grandchildren, anyone and everyone, life I touch. I want them to know the Lord. But I also must dare to reach beyond my world. And you know, that's what I like about our church, is because we're not only concerned about people locally, but we're concerned about people globally. So a large percentage, about 15% of our, our monies, our giving goes global to people who have not heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we get to plant seeds locally. We get to plant seeds globally. There's a guy named Matthew Paris who was a journalist for the, 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 the Times of London. I think that I said that way, the newspaper. And anyway, he grew up in Nazareth land. I think I said that right. But, but which is now modern-day Malawi. And what he writes is that he is an atheist, and he is a convicted atheist, but he believes that Africa needs God. And as he was assigned to go back to Malawi to report on, on some benevolence that was going on through the London Times, he hated to say it, but he believed that Africa needed God because even when he was growing up, the Africans that knew God who were con- converted to Christianity, that knew Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their lives, who were committed Christians, were different. They were stable. They were more relaxed. They were confident. They had hope. And they were way different than those that had received from those uh what do you call them, NGOs, non-government organizations, thank you, NGO. And he said it was amazing. He said the people that worked with in his home and and with their family that were saved, that were Christians, they had a liveliness. They had a confidence. 
they stood tall because they had been converted to Jesus Christ and they were living it out. You see, there's a difference that occurs in our lives that other people should experience that winsomeness and that hope as we live around those who don't know Jesus Christ. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 22 and 23. He says, I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessing. What he's saying is that whatever each person is like, I try to find common ground with him so that he will let me tell him about Christ and let Christ save him. It should just naturally flow outside of us as we are transformed by the work that Jesus is doing inside of us. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 says, This bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. When we see someone going through difficult times, share in that burden. Help lift that out of care and concern, but also out of the blessing that we've received, the grace that we've received. Another way to say it is to stoop down and reach out to those who were oppressed, share their burdens, and so complete Christ's law of love, to love one another. James says it this way in chapter 1, verse 27. He says, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. By this all men will know that Jesus is Lord and Savior of our lives. Real religion, the kind that passes muster before God, the Father is this, reach out to the homeless and the loveless in their plight. Now, this season we're going into right now, we're right on the verge of talking about Thanksgiving, and so we're going to do the food pantry again for Thanksgiving so that folks in our local area are going to receive I'm going to be sending a letter out with our Thanksgiving offering, and we're going to be supporting Helping His Hands to help those that were affected by the hurricane in Fort Myers and, and Lee County and Charlotte County in Florida. We're, we're going to be doing the Christmas shoebox in a bigger way this year with our children's ministry, if you're, if you're inclined to do that. Also, the Christmas Project for Teens, where we clothe local kids that have need. We contact the school system and we say, hey, who can we help? And we get to minister to families. Those are just a few ways you can come on board. But remember why we do this. It's because Jesus said this in Matthew 25, verses 35 through 40. He says, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or... When did we see you 
And the king will answer them, Truly I say you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Isn't it amazing that it should flow from our lives and we shouldn't even realize it? We shouldn't be patting ourselves on the back because we just did it because the Spirit of God moved and we just helped because we saw a need. Jesus says it this way in Mark 10. He says, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for and for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands, with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. Jesus is saying he's going to reward us. He, he replied, let me assure you that no one has ever given up anything for the love of me and to tell others the good news, that it won't be multiplied. We are putting up treasure in heaven. We're building the, the foundation of that mansion that we will receive in glory. Don't you want to have something there? In Mark chapter 16, 15, Jesus says, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to whole, the whole creation. And it's just simply sharing. What Jesus has done for you. Jesus said to his followers, go everywhere in the world and tell the good news to everyone. See, fulfilling your mission is a secret of a fulfilled life. I tell you what, my heart beats faster when people come to Jesus Christ. My heart beats faster when I see people saved and transformed by the power of God. Doesn't it you? It makes, makes what I do have purpose and meaning, and it fulfills me. Just imagine how, how excited and happy God is when, when a child is restored in relationship to him. The question becomes, is anybody going to be in heaven because of you? Is anybody going to be there? You know, no, we, Dan leads us every Sunday, and I love our mission, our vision statement. And somebody says, well, you know, it's not, you know, it's not a Bible verse. It's not a Bible verse. No, it's not. It's very simple, guiding people home. It's the Great Commission. Jesus said, go and make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And then he then, then he gives us a promise. Lo, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. I'm leaving you physically, but I will be present with you through my spirit forever. And remember, the only thing we take into eternity is our friends and the people that we love, that we share the gospel with, that know Jesus Christ as our Savior. You see, someday the Great Commission will become the Great Completion because we will be there with Jesus won't we won't that be a glorious day we have a purpose in this time right now in Acts 13 Luke writes it this way for David after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation you have a purpose in this generation in this time period it's no accident that you're here and now and you never retire from God's work and God's mission it will go until we take our last breath see David served God's purposes in his own time 
And that's our challenge. Now, the most dangerous prayer that you can pray is this. And I challenge you to do that this week. And maybe you're afraid. But but the prayer is this. God, use me. God, use me. Wherever, however, whatever. Help me to say a good word for Jesus of what he has done for me. In World War II, in New Guinea, there, there was a flight of uh, army personnel that were flying around the, the island, and, and the plane went down in the middle of the jungle. 24 people were on that plane. Only three survived, and they were suffering from gangrene and hunger. The, the first recon was stationed there. They all had been to jump school. They had their jump wings. And, and they were called, Colonel Earl Walters was called and said, Hey, we need ten men, two medics, to jump into the jungle and to save these people. And so he went to the 66 and he said, Listen, you're going to be jumping into an area that there is no map of all you're going to have to do, all, what you're going to have to do is rely on your compass. And I'll, before I go any further, the, the uh, motto of the uh, 66 recon was this. Balahana. Say that with me. Balahana. It's going to take more than once, right? Balahana. You know what that means? In, in, in the Filipino language, it means whatever may come. Whatever may come. Balahana. And so he was telling these guys, hey, there's not going to be, there's no map. You're going to have to rely on a compass. You're going to jump into dense jungle. So when you land, you might get injured or die in the jump. Number three is once you get there, if they're still alive, you may have to carry them out 150 miles north through the jungle where there are cannibals. And south, there are 10,000 Japanese soldiers that are ready to kill you. And so he said, I need 10 volunteers. And all 66, you know what they said? Balahalna. And step forward. Whatever may come, they were willing to risk their lives because that was their mission they were called to. You know, folks, we've got to get on a mission. I know times are tough. Things are not easy. Things are more expensive. But the mission is still the mission until we take our last breath. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord, the mission is this. Receive Him as Lord and Savior of your life. And folks, if you know him, then you need to share with others the difference that he's made in your life and the blessings you've received. Will you please stand as I pray? Eternal God and Father, we are so grateful that you are with us whatever may come. That, Father, the blessings we've received, we need to share with others. And the life that we've received, the transformation that we've received, we need to tell others about. Because that's the only way that they will know and they will see the gospel. 
is in us. And Father, may we be faithful to that call. And Father, we just pray that who's ever watching, who's ever in, in our presence in this room that needs to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that your spirit would move them, that would quicken them, and that would cause them to respond to your gospel. And we pray this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.